The following is a special presentation of the Voice of Montreal News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. After 75 years, there are plenty of secrets and stories to share about one of North America's legendary radio stations. This is the Mighty 800, produced and hosted by Trudy Mason. Episode 2, The Making of a Christmas Classic. CJAD 800's most beloved announcers is still heard yearly on the station, nearly 40 years after he died. Paul Reed's Christmas is aired several times each December, and tuning in for it has become a tradition treasured by several generations of CJAD listeners. Off-air, Paul was a quiet and complicated man, shy in public, big-hearted, dedicated to his family, but with a troubled relationship with whiskey. On the air at Christmas time, though, he embodied the spirit of the season. And hi. Welcome back for another year. Another Christmas season. Paul Reed came to Montreal in 1964 after several years on the air in Hamilton, Ontario. Reed was already establishing himself as an announcer with a velvet voice and the soul of a poet, his son, Mike Reed. When he came to Montreal in 1964, it was based on the uh, foundation that he laid in, in Hamilton as being uh, the man who reads poetry and uh, plays romantic music and uh, Basically, was he, he, just, he created a style that allowed people to wind down after a busy day at work. We used to joke with my mom saying, you know, Dad went to bed with every woman in Montreal because they <laughs> would listen to him when, uh, when they were going to sleep as he read his poetry and he, he weaved his magic on the air. It was in Hamilton that Paul Reed first conceived of a Christmas show featuring warm family memories and music. He drew on his experiences growing up in modest circumstances with 15 siblings. His son, Mike Reed, recalls hearing that first Christmas show years later when he found a tape of it among his father's things. He was on the air with uh, the then station manager, Bill Hambly himself, his uh, younger brother, uh, my Uncle Bob, and uh, there was one other gentleman in the studio. And basically, it was just a one-hour show where they were they were reminiscing about their childhood memories uh, of Christmas. And what was actually very funny and very, uh, very live radio was uh, my dad got the hiccups while he was speaking. And the hiccups lasted for several minutes. And it became a bit of a comedy show. <laughs> Bill Hambly making note after one particularly uh, uh, long episode of Hiccup saying, yes, yes, CHML, professional radio in Hamilton. <laughs> so, but anyways, it was, uh, it was basically, the, I think, the seed that was planted that, that became... Uh, what we all hear every year on CJAD, the Paul Reed Christmas. After Paul Reed's arrival at CJAD, his Christmas show began expanding and evolving. Son Mike says Paul was driven to freshen up the broadcast, which he did each year on December 1st. Every year, um, he really strove to make it better, to add more elements. He would write things about his family and he would try them out and he would... 
uh, change them and adapt them, and then he would hear things, uh, different new Christmas carols uh, that uh, he, he would add to the mix. He was constantly looking for things to make the show better and a little longer. Then came what would eventually become a centerpiece of Paul Reed's Christmas on CJAD, his reading of the classic story, The Littlest Angel. I think the real magic happened is when he, when he, uh, he found Charles Taswell's uh, Littlest Angel, which became uh, a touchstone piece for the, for the show. And of course, uh, I talk to uh, dozens of, of uh, people every year about this time uh, as they look for the Christmas show for their own collection, and uh, they all want to make sure that The Littlest Angel is, is on the CD that they buy. Um, it's a, a magical story, and of course, really well told with that fabulous voice. And of course, every year, we read the story of The Littlest Angel for the youngsters. You kept them up tonight, and I'm glad. This is perhaps one of the nicest, most gentle, Christmas stories. So if you get the kids all settled down, let them relax. We'll tell the story once again. Assembling his Christmas show each year may have been a labor of love for Paul Reed, but it was also work. Son Mike Reed remembers those years. Dad would start to worry about the show because he did it live every year. There were certain taped elements that were played year to year. But around November 15th, because he always did it on December 1st, uh, he would start to... um, retreat into his bubble and we walked on eggshells we didn't want to disturb or let him you know do anything to um, lose focus because he was the consummate professional he wanted things to be perfect and better every year he really believed that his audience deserved to have the best show slightly changed every year with a new christmas carol or a new little piece um and uh he would work himself into a uh, a bit of a a tizzy for two weeks leading up to the show. And thankfully, the staff at CJAD bought into that magic. And he would come in and there would be a decorated Christmas tree in the studio. There'd be decorations around. There'd be extra candles. There'd be uh, notes from, from the staff, you know, telling them to break a leg and have a good time. Uh, one year, uh, one of the librarians asked all of us kids to write notes uh, for him. So everybody really, really got on board to try to help him weave his magic every year and uh it would be a huge sigh of relief um when it was done meantime at paul reed's home wife june was seeing to the family's christmas preparations paul and june had six little stockings to fill uh christmas in the reed household was absolute chaos (laughs) if it wasn't for my mother my mother was uh was it's uber organized. Uh, she would have um, all of the all the presents done, bought, wrapped, and 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 hidden around the house by December first. And by uh, the first week of December, all the cards would be done. By the second week of December, all of the uh, baking would be done. But add to the mix the Christmas show. Once the show had aired, Paul was able to relax and enjoy the holiday he loved with his family. He had his chair and he would sit back and uh, he would watch us and he'd watch the excitement uh, that that Christmas breeds in all kids. 
Um, and uh, he that that was for him. I think that was his payback. He would sit back. He wasn't the guy that did anything around the house. He was the world's worst handyman. He didn't know which end of a screwdriver was the business end. Um, he was not um, somebody that helped out with uh, chores. Um, he was he was a dad, and he was a broadcaster. But um, he would sit back and he would uh, he would watch us kids uh, get uh, ramped up for the Christmas season, and I think that was his payback. And he he enjoyed watching the season, and he loved the season so much. And and he talked about you know doing all his Christmas shopping the day the day before Christmas, and that's absolutely true because he was a lazy man. He just didn't want to get out there and fight the crowds all the time, and he was a terrible procrastinator. So he would always go out the day before. And somehow he would magically pull it all together. It was heading home after one of those December 24 shopping trips that Mike witnessed an act of generosity that he feels illustrates just how much his father loved the season. And it was snowing quite heavily. And uh, we're, we're, we're going along and it's, you know, it's slow slogging because there's some, there's some snow on the ground. My dad sees uh, this kid on a bicycle, you know, one of the bicycle... Uh, Delivery uh, bicycles, kids who would, you know, deliver uh, groceries to homes with that big basket on the front of the bike. And he's pedaling hard against, the basket's empty, and he's pedaling hard against the snow. And uh, my dad uh, stops the car and rolls down the window, and the snow's coming in and everything. He calls to the the kid. He was a francophone and didn't really know what was going on. He says, hey, come here, come here, come here. So the kid tentatively comes to the door, and uh, he's obviously, like, confused what's going on here. My dad handed him a $20 bill. This is, like, 1966. That's a lot of money. And he said, Merry Christmas. And he laughed, and he and he rolled up the window, and he pulled away. And I remember looking at the window as we pulled away and back at this kid who was holding this $20 bill with a complete look of stunned amazement on his face. And my dad is laughing and giggling that, he just made somebody's Christmas. The only shadow over the season was Paul Reed's alcohol problem, something that son Mike Reed sees in the context of the times. Let's look at that through the lens of the time. In the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when he grew up in radio, uh, it was expected that you were a good old boy and that you would have a drink. You would finish your shift and you'd go down to the press club and you'd have a drink with the boys before going home. I think a shadow is probably a, a good word. I think that um, everybody in the family knew you know, later on in the going that, uh, that uh, he was an alcoholic, but thankfully he was um, a happy alcoholic. He wasn't an abusive father. He wasn't an abusive hus- husband. Um, he was a quiet, quiet gentleman, and yes, he was very shy. He hated doing remotes. He liked to work in a darkened studio uh, with a candle and just enough light so that he could read uh, whatever he was reading. So yes, I've uh, in my uh, my time as custodian of his legacy, people are saying I heard that he was a drunk, uh, or that uh, you know I heard that he always had a bottle of scotch in the, in the studio drawer. Um, both are true, but he never let it paint his art. Paul Reed died in 1983, taken prematurely by the complications of cirrhosis of the liver. Decades later, his work and his generous spirit entertain Montrealers and inspire his son, Mike, the custodian of Paul's legacy. He refers back to the generosity Paul showed to that little delivery boy struggling through the snow on his bike. That painted me for 
you know, for, for, for part of my Christmas philosophy as well. It's just, uh, and that's one of the reasons I think that, um, when I started, uh, uh, marketing the Christmas show and his other albums and poetry, that a certain percentage of, of, uh, the profits, uh, go to sending a kid to camp every year. Sometimes several kids, depends on the, on how well we do. Uh, but over the years, uh, uh, between that charity and St. Justin's and the Children's Hospital, we've uh, we've raised over $40,000. Paul Reed's Christmas, a cherished classic on CJAD 800. If this is your first introduction to the Paul Reed Christmas, I am one of 16 children, eight boys and eight girls. And our Christmases had to be the most lovely, most beautiful. And I'm not just talking retrospect, they were. There's no place like home. I'm Trudy Mason. Especially Christmas Eve. For more on CJAD 800's 75th anniversary, including incredible photos and sound, go to CJAD800.com. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.